there is a lot of challenges out there for people in the church. And um, as elder statesmen, I guess we could call ourselves, mm-hmm. we've been at this for a while. And um, I like to think we've learned a few things. Okay. We maybe haven't got a lot figured out yet, but uh, maybe we can give a few hints at, uh, or tips to people what, what to do or not to do, not only for church, church leaders, but also for um, just people out in church wondering, what do we do now? I know a lot of people have even stopped going to church for a season or they're doing church differently. Have you, have you seen that too? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think uh, the pandemic has brought a new challenge to the church. Um, another, kind of another pause and looking ahead on what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Flexibility is going to be required right. like never before. Yeah and experimentation it's a great time to experiment yeah. with how you thought you were doing things to do them better to well, do them. Yeah. well that's kind of when we got together Gary. i mean we we ran into each other back and uh i want to say 92 93 we both were new to the vineyard i was associate pastor with a, a guy named jack little you were just coming into the vineyard and uh, over time, we just got connected through a series of things, and you started experimenting. But maybe before we get into that, give us a little background about where you're from, what was your genesis in this process, but even some of your roots. Yeah, it's been an interesting journey for me. I'm uh, a pastor's kid from a long line of pastors and churches. I, I was looking back and reflecting the other day, Mike, that actually it started for me when I was a, a young teenager. And for me, what that was is when my buddies were concerned about, you know, what comics they were reading and what things they were doing, I had an insatiable hunger for Scripture. And it was fed. My father, the house we lived in behind the church, I had the key to his office. (laughs) So I went into his office. He helped me spread out a bunch of language tools on a big table. And I started studying the scripture um, very, very succinctly. I had something going on inside of me. How old were you? You know, at that time, I was probably 12 or 13. And um, my hunger for the word of God took me a place, took me to a place. I ended up pastoring young and ultimately was involved in 10 churches over my lifetime. But as a young lad, uh, I began to discover with my father's help, he was a real student of the word, I began to discover the laws of interpretation of scripture, Mm -hmm. law of first mention, the law of repetitive mention. And so I got into the mode of what we call deconstructionism. Okay. I wasn't angry at anything i just wanted to know not what we are doing as our tradition allowed us but what the scripture actually said right so in my early years of pastoring and again i've been involved in 10 churches in 60 years i i began to realize mike that um doing church what we do when we gather the bible doesn't speak very much about it doesn't give us instructions it doesn't give us a script at least not in the new testament not in the new testament um the pictures of group dynamics throughout the scripture Mm -hmm. and um 
So you, so, so you began to explore with this, those ideas kind of launched you into exploring different ways to do church. Yeah, the first thing I realized is um, this difference between the church gathered and the church scattered. Mm -hmm. I came out of the Jesus movement. We were doing evangelism on the streets. Mm -hmm. We were, you know, doing everything we could to get people's attention. Now, this was your four square days, right? That's my four square days. And even pre four square days, when I was just a young <laughs> radical evangelist, <laughs> I. I I started preaching when I was 16, and I told somebody one day, I started preaching when I was 16 because nobody stopped me, so I just kept going. So here I was about midway through, I think, my second church assignment, and I read, I came across a book called The Problem with Wineskins right. by Howard Snyder. Right. It was a pretty revolutionary book. Chapter 3 begins with this statement, that the church is 12 people living together. That stuck. Mm -hmm. So what happened uh, finally in my last pastorate here in San Diego, I couldn't talk about it anymore. I couldn't read about it anymore. Um, I had to try it. I had to do it. Mm -hmm. So we began to do... And it was the trend. We began to do small groups, and we still met on the weekends, and we did more small groups and took some of the groups to the streets for evangelism. So it was a right. combo. Yeah. And then it realized, I realized I can't do every tradition that's being asked of me. Well, Gary, talk about that a little bit, because I think it'll relate to a lot of the uh, our listeners, some of the angst frustration, maybe for some people even boredom, Yeah. of what, what pushed you to start doing this? That you... Well, big, the biggest um, impact that I was looking for came when I began to realize that the body of Christ is relational. Uh, our models are pretty much lectures, sitting in the pew or the seat, facing the platform, mm -hmm. and I realized that was not no, not only not the best way to communicate, it was not the best way to do community. So you were feeling frustrated like you really weren't connecting with your people? Right, and I and I, and they were frustrated with me, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, 45-minute sermon or a half-hour sermon every week didn't do it. And if I realized the value of Scripture, for example— Jesus gave what we call the Great Commission on three occasions, and it's mentioned five times in Scripture. You know, Matthew 24, you know, Luke 20, you know, mm -hmm. John 21. Great Commission. Acts 1. We couldn't keep doing that because at the end of the day, the Great Commission is go into all the world and make disciples. Mm -hmm. I was entertaining listeners but not making disciples. Mm -hmm. So we stumbled into the idea that we would meet more intentionally in small groups where we could talk face-to-face, -face, interact, usually around a meal and around life. And that became the modality that we entered into. And um, Do you feel like there was something in you that was seeking more connection with people? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I know, see, I know for me, and this is kind of when we got together, and you were helpful for me to um, process some of this. I hit the wall pretty hard 2004 where I, I got tired of, I just can't do the pastor thing anymore. And for a number of reasons, I wasn't accomplishing the things I thought I wanted to accomplish. Felt very frustrated. And um, I love Jesus. Mm-hmm. I love my wife. I just didn't like going to church anymore, and I was the pastor. <laughs> right. I under, I understand. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to work through some of that stuff, and it took me, um, really, in my case, you stayed in it, which is unique. I, I had to step out, as you know, sold motorcycles for five and a half years. Right, right. Loved it because I, find my, I found myself kind of reconnecting with people, and I'd realized how insulated I'd become in the church. Right, right. That I, I you know, clogged in the four walls, and there was a dissatisfaction in that. Totally. Was that anything you experienced? Well, even the fact that church in the Western world has become an addiction to activity. Hmm. So we would blow up the family. You know, dad's at the elders meeting, the wife's at the woman's group, the kids are at the youth group. We do Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. What? We just <laughs> kept driving them into meetings. The consequence of that is a lot of the people that were around me, we didn't have close connections as friends in, outside the church. Uh, we were kind of immune to the, the culture, and we just kept going to meetings. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that anymore. Right. And I, I'm not saying that I had a, a problem. I love the church gathered. Right. I love worship and music. Right, right. and Nothing against buildings. And no, stuff. no, no, no. It's, it's for me the point of are we connecting? Mm-hmm. Are we the body of Christ as a family? Are we showing up in life, Mm -hmm. not just for the weekend meeting? So in the late uh, late 90s, I was sitting doing my, quote, devos, as they call it today. (laughs) And God spoke to me, and I would journal every day. That was kind of my, my spiritual disciplines. He spoke to me this phrase. Permission has been granted to do church differently in the 21st century. Hmm. I didn't even know where that came from other than I felt it. So I wrote it down. Hmm. And I kind of mused over that, kind of chewed the cut of that, rethought that, meditated on that, whatever discipline you want. And I couldn't get away from it. Hmm. That God had given us permission to do church differently, not to not do church, but to do church differently going into the 21st century. Now, did that come along too with this idea of the third day? I know you didn't necessarily originate that idea, but there's a lot of talk of third day and on the third day, yeah. the third day churches, the name of the organization you lead. Yeah, and that's that's simply a, a you know a stroll through scripture. The term third day is mentioned 52 times in the scripture. So here's the principle. We are living in the first day. We want to get to the third day. Mm. But you can't get to the third day without going to the second day. I think we've been through the second day for years. <laughs> Frustration. Um, your, your daughter has a great story about the second day. Yeah, she often says, she goes, Dad, I get it. Um, you, God doesn't close one door without opening the other door but it's hell in the hallway. So so I've been in the hallway like most pastors trying to do things differently. Um, And I finally just backed up and said, I want to follow 
what I believe to be a consistent model in Scripture. Right. Okay, so this first session, we're getting ready to close. I, I just want you to tell people, because I, I know people in the past have thought Third Day's been anti-church, and you know we confess we haven't done everything perfectly, and maybe we've overstepped bounds and dishonored in some ways, And but it's been a process of learning. Yeah. You know, when you're a reformer, that happens. You, you tick people off sometimes, and not intentionally, but... Um, I think the thing that I would want people to know that we love the church, right? That um, it's our heart's passion. So maybe just tell people, what's your passion for the church? What's your heart for the church? You know that is so that is so big, Mike. I don't have probably the best words to describe it, but as I begin to, for me, get connected to the people in the pew, spending more time with them. Mm-hmm having a lot of time at coffee. I live in a beach community, walking the boardwalk. Mm-hmm. All of that, a, a, a reigniting of my spirit happened that I was seeing disciples mm. being made. Mm. And I really believe at the end of the day, discipleship happens best in one-on-one or small groups, yeah. not in large meetings. And we still do large meetings. We just don't do it every week as the kind of the watershed meeting of the whole dynamic. And so I love the church in all of its forms, from traditional to ultra-creative. and Your heart's passion is just to see it be effective and fruitful, all that God's desired it to be. Yeah, it's not just doing church differently. It's doing church, hopefully, more effectively (laughs) in the 21st century. Awesome. Well, listen, um, a lot of our discussion is going to come around this book called Permission Granted uh, to do church differently in the 21st century. It's a book that uh, Gary here wrote and a great little story about another gentleman up here. You'll see his name, Graham Cook, how he got involved in that. Maybe we'll talk about that in the next episode, but this book is available on Amazon and you can also uh, get it on our website, Third Day Churches. And um, we also want to invite you into the conversation. If you have any questions, you go to our website, thirddaychurches.com and there'll be a place where you can send us some questions. We'd love to hear from you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, God bless you, Gary. Thanks for coming. You bet. Thanks, Mike.